on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Where does Van Wilder party liaison fall amongst the sex comedies of the 2000s? Are Ryan Reynolds superfans the only people who should go back to this? Where does Van Wilder fall on the line between good gross-out comedy and just plain disgusting? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. The great and not so great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. Because uh, this one was tough. I'm your host, John Peck. Joining me, party liaison, Brendan White. How you doing? It's not a bong. It's for much long. I am doing really well. Thank you very much, JP. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a good weekend. We got to hang out and record some cool stuff that people will find out about soon enough. But Oh, yeah. 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 Very Still excited for that. From, from all the carbohydrates that were inhaled over three days but that's a good thing yeah we uh we certainly live a life of luxury whenever we're together it feels like and a life of excess but uh yeah good content on the way and um yeah my, my insides are still very very full from uh the gorging that uh commenced on on friday and didn't slow down all the way through till uh saturday or sunday mid-morning sorry so i'm uh still mm. struggling a bit sluggish today on monday night but uh van wilder uh Helped clean my pipes with uh, colon blast. I think the the laxative was called in the movie. I think it was yeah, called it was, colon blast. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there was a bit of gorging happening in Van Wilder too. Um, nothing quite like what we were able to to enjoy, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, so we are talking about a film known in the US as National Lampoon's Van Wilder, or to us down here in Australia, Van Wilder Party liaison which I, I, I i've always liked that as a title it's very memorable it's um you know it's something that's uh that's kind of stuck like maybe it's just the the age that we are but the the party liaison tag is just something that you can kind of you know tag on to to anyone who likes to throw a party now and then you know nato johnston party liaison whatever yeah, it is it's a title i think a lot of us uh in our earlier days would have aspired to to achieve or obtain like uh <laughs> if if you were known as a party liaison i think you're uh you know you're a bit of a cool dude or a cool dude mm. out there like uh yeah it's, it's got some prestige to it party liaison sadly i was never known as yeah brendan white party liaison i was usually brendan white drunkest at the party but uh <laughs> You know, it was still good nonetheless, but uh, yeah, it's it's surprising that uh, they dropped the National Lampoons because, uh, you know, that's that's got some global renown to it, but they uh, cut it off at the knees for uh, the, the international release. I think the demographic they were going for probably wouldn't have necessarily recognized the National Lampoon tag at that time. Um, you know, what, what, like teenagers in 2002... Yeah, they weren't even alive or they were toddlers when, you know, the, the yeah. Lampoon movies of the 80s was around. So I get it. I get yeah. it thinking out, out loud now. Hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, as we said, 2002 sex comedy, I guess you'd call it. Very much in the wake of American Pie and the Farrelly Brothers movies and that kind of thing. Is that so, a term? Sex comedy? Apparently it is. <laughs> yeah. Sex comedy. Um that's, I guess it's in that mold of, you know, the Porky's, Revenge of the Nerds, American mm. Pie. I guess you could probably say 
road trip or something like that maybe i don't know it, it like the the humor is based around sex and sexual dysfunction and um you know teenagers trying to get it that kind of thing risky business you know but um probably not my favorite genre <laughs> uh, <laughs> but at the same time you know i was uh, 14 when this came out and I definitely watched it I, it was one of those what I would call like a DVD no, like a sleepover movie like you'd get some mates come mm-hmm. around you'd rent it from Blockbuster or whatever and have some good laughs um, perhaps relating to to some of the characters recognizing people that you know who remind you of them even though like we were in high school this is a college thing it's I guess what people imagine it's going to be like uh, having gone to university since i saw this movie it's very much not like this at all there isn't like one guy that kind of rules the campus like a a modern ferris bueller or something (laughs) Um, it would make university a lot more exciting (laughs) yeah it's it's really like the cult of of personality with with van wilder but I, I guess the part of the appeal back then may have been like being a fan of two guys, a girl, and a pizza place, later known as two guys and a girl. I, I did like that TV show. I don't know about you, but um, it was it was my introduction to Ryan Reynolds, who obviously now is massive, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like for a long time, probably it's it, it feels harsh to say up until Deadpool. But almost up until Deadpool, it was just like Ryan Reynolds, Van Wilder, you know, like that would probably be like the key role. Like, is there something you can associate with him more than Van Wilder before Deadpool? Yeah, like um, the the comedy Waiting, I associate him with more, like still pretty heavily. The one with um, okay. Amy Smart, I think her surname is, where he in high school, yeah. he was the, the, the overweight best friend of Amy Smart and always crushed on her really hard. And then few years later you know he's he's healthy looking ryan reynolds is that just friends oh sorry just friends yeah yeah that's just friends yeah Yeah. that's that's what i still think Uh, of him yeah pretty pretty hard with like obviously yeah deadpool is synonymous with that role now and that's that and maybe free guy now are probably his his two two that you'd sort of think of him we don't want to talk about green lantern or blade trinity that's for sure but uh yeah, sorry. Just yeah. Friends is what I always or think weapon, back because that was a very X. underrated little comedy <laughs> comedy gem, and it had a bit of heart. I love a I love a good rom com, not so much yeah. a sex com. I guess is what I've learnt tonight. But uh, yeah, rom com, <laughs> Just Friends, big fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good film. Um, I just think like being the name of the title character Van Wilder, it's quite easy to just like. I imagine people would still be yelling Van Wilder at him on the street to this day. People, people of a certain age, anyway. Um, another star of two guys and a girl that you may have forgotten about, Nathan Fillion. Very young Nathan Fillion. Completely forgot about it. Yeah, like I, I, I've only ever saw a handful of episodes of of the Pizza Place and then the subsequent dropped Pizza Place of of that show as well. Like it was on free to air at like obscure hours, I think, back in the day. So I'd sort of catch an episode yeah. here or there in between things, but. I've never given it as due, and and maybe I maybe I need to. Yeah, I don't know if it streams anywhere, but if you ever can just tune in to check out a, a younger, fresher faced Nathan Drake looking Nathan Fillion, then um, 
just just do it for that reason. And and obviously Ryan Reynolds looking very fresh faced too. It's mm-hmm. it's quite a quite a sight with like the kind of gel tipped fringe yeah, and that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I guess this was his big move into film and it you know was made for from what I can gather five million dollars, made thirty eight million at the box office, which is much less than American Pie to use like probably the the biggest c- comparison like that that would be what they were aiming for or hoping for mm-hmm. um, and yeah I, I mean I, I said that it was a sleepover movie do you have memories of watching Van Wilder <laughs> nothing um, nothing specific like I remember watching it probably similar vibe to you like watching it on DVD with a group of friends having a bit of a chuckle, maybe having a couple of underage underage sneaky beers or something like that at, at that age, you know, 15, 16. But the one thing I remember the most was um, my mum was still working at the bakery at the time and just that scene with uh, with poor old Van Wilder's doggo, like I had a really hard time looking at a, a cream bun the same for a long, long time. So that's the one yes. thing like... When I chucked the movie on and the second I saw the dog, I had like a flashback to my teenage years. I'm like, oh, I remember now. I remember, oh, and how did they not know? How could they not taste that? Oh, it's just you know, a bit of, bit of shock. It took me right back to being too scared to eat uh, buns from Kuma's original hot bake way back in the day. I cannot blame you at all. It's, um, it's hideous. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes game. What's your guess for, for this bad boy? If it's if it's any higher than forty, I'm gonna lose my. Mind. I'm gonna say like thirty two. It's eighteen percent. Oh wow! I was well, generous. 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not it's, it's not the best film. It's not the best no. film, JP. It's not. It's um certainly one that may have that everyone probably kind of watched at, of our age. Not the lowest rated film we've watched on comedy rewind we just did kung pao which dane and i both thought held up really well it was 13 percent on rotten tomatoes so See, I'd, I'd take i'd take a rewatch of van wilder again tomorrow over having to watch like super troopers again <laughs> that's the Seriously? bar for me <laughs> okay <clears throat> look um we've watched some really good movies we've watched some less good movies on this podcast and this is I might have enjoyed this less than Super Troopers, to be honest. Oh, really? It, it, it could have been that I was half paying attention because I was trying to was kind of grinding away at through Horizon at the same time. But I was watching it. It was sinking in, um, and there was a couple, was a couple laughs, uh, but um, just kind of very like it's very stereotypical and very cliche. And with like Ryan Reynolds is still somewhat charismatic and attention grabbing. Like he kind of his performance kind of does give it something to to enjoy. But um, yeah, I mean we'll we'll get into the rest of that as we as we dig through. But um, yeah, it's going to be a shorter episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have I've got some comments here from uh, the critics at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start with the positive. It's not all bad. Uh, Variety, pretty big publication, gave it a fresh rating and they said, strangely likable and only about half as puerile 
as the average MTV reality series. Uh, That's a big word. I'm not exactly sure the meaning of pure yeah, I, if I'm I being just completely Googled honest. It. I've just Googled it. I'm not ashamed to admit. It means childishly silly and immature. Okay. So do you think this is a reflection of the time, the, the humour that's used in this movie? Um, I, I personally find it hard to imagine a movie like this coming out now, but maybe that's just it not being my demographic anymore. Yeah, I think um, I think it falls down to the demographic for sure. Like if we were, if we were in our teens again, you know, sub twenty year old, and a movie like this came out today, I think we'd still get together and watch it and have a chuckle. I think they're probably still movies like this getting churned out on the regular, but mm. because our tastes have changed and our uh, maturity levels have uh, increased marginally or otherwise, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I still like. This movie's not the best by any means, but I didn't completely hate wasting 90 minutes watching it tonight before we <laughs> recorded, that's for sure. I'm trying to think, like, if a movie like this was coming out, we would know about it. And I feel like they go straight to Netflix or straight to DVD. Like, the- oh, But that's the thing, like, there's so many movies getting churned straight to streamer. Yeah. I reckon we could scroll through and probably find a dozen just like this across all of them. Yeah, yeah. Because remember for a long time, there was like the American Pie like sequels, the ones that were direct to DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, there was two Pie sequels to Van Wilder. There was yeah. two more made after this. True. Yeah. Rise of, the Rise of Taj, I think. Yeah, and, and I can't remember the other one. The other one was a prequel. It was like... Um, uh, it was it was it was Van Wilder as a freshman, I think. But oh, okay. I don't I don't know who played him because it definitely wasn't Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> which is stupid. Like, he's he's an adult in both movies, but one of them's eighteen and one of them's twenty five. Anyway, we we can't get into that. We're talking about the first movie. Here's some here's some other comments. Chicago Tribune. An unabashedly bad movie full of cliches, claptrap, fairly good rock and roll, and stomach-turning gross-out gags. That's probably my review as well. Like, there's, mm-hmm. we'll get to we'll get to the music a bit later. But yes, um, we will. Yeah, it's very cliche. Definitely a lot of disgusting things to witness. Uh, the last review is from Common Sense Media, who say this is the grossest, most disgusting humor imaginable. Um, I don't know how if do I'd you go feel? that far. I've <laughs> well, seen worse. They said that back when it came out, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that was before they knew about Rotten.com and all that kind of thing. Probably. Ooh. Don't don't check that <laughs> website out. This I don't know if it's still like alive and active today, but maybe don't go there. I never I, I never did, Brendan. I was too pure. Yeah. That says a lot about you. I know you'd be a much darker soul if you if you uh, combed those web pages. But anyway, lucky you. That's my origin story is not looking up Rotten.com when I was 13. <laughs> it's made me who I am today. Uh, number one song when this movie released. Do you want to have any guesses? I'll let you know. It's an Australian singer-songwriter. So 2002. Is that like Natalie and Brulia Torn era? Would that be 2002? Uh, I, I feel like she was more like 99, but I'm just okay. guessing. Australian singer-songwriter anyway. in 2002. What was what was popping on the charts when I was 16 That from an Australian? <sighs> a female or a male? Female. 
like, is it a safe bet to say it's a Kylie Minogue song, maybe? Like, In Your no, Eyes or something? No. Less <clears throat> of a diva, more of a, like I K- said, singer Casey Chambers? Yes. Am I Not Pretty Enough? Is it that song? Because that was number not, one for a yeah, long time. Not Pretty Enough, yep. Boom. It was up there for four or five weeks, 2002. So, well done. You've done mm. it. Don't I make um, you laugh, Jono? Am I too outspoken? You're definitely pretty enough for, for, this, po- for this podcast. Pretty enough for radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you done for me lately? Ryan Reynolds, you mentioned Free Guy, which was a lot better than I think it had any business being. Agreed. Um, and 100%. I don't know how well it did, but it went to Disney Plus pretty quick. So I hope it, I hope people still went and saw it because it was... They're making a, a sequel. Good, good time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll watch that. Uh, Red Notice is the other one, as the internet has told us many times, the most expensive Netflix movie to date. Again, don't know how good it is because I haven't seen it. I don't think you've watched it. Haven't either. watched it, but like, I follow The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot on on the, the IGs, and I think when it came out within the span of a week, it was like the most watched thing on Netflix of all time in its first week of release or something. So I think. Yeah. Uh, People are hungry for more. It's a 36% on RT, which is not fantastic. But if it's, you know, I just feel like the three of them, even if it's not the best script, it's probably still going to have some cool moments, some Mm -hmm. good banter. So I'll check it out at some point. Tara reads the kind of second lead in this movie. Huge in the 2000s. Not so much now. Uh, she made a couple of things last year called Attraction to Paris and Mummy Dearest, which I don't know if they're horror movies or indie art house movies or what. But um, I think regardless really of subgenre, they would be terrible. That would be my assumption. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the last thing that she's probably known for would be the Sharknados. Was uh-huh. that her? Yeah. With Ian Zaring, yeah. Yep. So she's still working. She's still... Uh, I guess known, but yeah, it's, a, a, it's thing. a pretty, pretty big fall for someone that was like just about one of the hottest young stars or teen idols or however you want to put it for the early two thousands. Mm. She had it going on in in this. I was watching that and I'm like, I can see why I had a bit of a crush on you back in back in these days, Tara Reid. That girl next door thing was just like awakening my my teenage uh, aura again <laughs> as I watched along. It's the voice, isn't it? I think yeah. it's. It's that like unexpectedly raspy kind of yep. voice out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, Cal Penn, who played Taj. Uh, are you oh, gonna Are you gonna say his full name? Uh, sure, Taj Mahal Badalandabad is what I have in front of me. Yep. Um, an interesting role. I, I, this must have been before Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. It must have been like a couple of years before. Let me see. I'll check that at the same time. Because I feel like this isn't... Yeah, 2004 that was. Okay, so this was two years prior. Yeah, this is one of those like stereotypical Indian roles that I don't think he's ever played since. And I know like, from doing a little bit of research, he wasn't thrilled to have to kind of do that accent and everything, but recognized that he needed to kind of get some credits under his belt to advance his career he was committed to the role very committed like he gave it a good go and it's a big like it's probably the like fourth or fifth 
lead part in, you know, a big movie. So mm-hmm. I'd say it was a big reason that he went on to do um, Harold and Kumar, to do Dr. House and work at Obama's White House and all the, the cool stuff that he's been able to do. The last thing I've got here uh, of interest, at least, from What Have You Done For Me Lately, is he was on the TV series Clarice, 10 yeah. episodes. <clears throat> he's actually really good. It's really good, yeah. So that's yeah. the direct continuation from the events of uh, Silence of the Lambs. And um, yeah, he's he's part of the little FBI mm. criminal profiling unit and he's uh, he's really good. It's it's The show overall is, is just okay, but it's always cool to see more from that Thomas Harris world. So uh, yeah, I think we've got another second season on the way. When they do a direct continuation of something that's, you know, 30 years old, is it set like in 1990? Yep. one or whatever yeah. yeah okay yeah and and the staging as far as the costumes and the vehicles and the the look and feel it it's it feels like it's early 90s so that's so nailed that it's just tough disconnecting uh jodie foster to the new girl that plays clarice that's the hardest part right. i think okay <clears throat> so daniel cosgrove who plays basically the villain of this movie um richard or dick <laughs> richard dickbag uh, as he's known yeah. as on, uh, yeah. on- IMDb yeah. and Wiki. He's he's still working. Um, the last thing he did that anyone probably knows about is uh, the first season of You on Netflix. Really? Um, yeah. I don't remember him in that at all. What was he Me doing? neither. <clears throat> um, spoilers for the first season of You. Uh, he's one of the people that Joe kills. Well, that he doesn't like narrow abusive... down very much. <laughs> yeah. He, he was the abusive father to... I think the kid that Joe was looking after sometimes. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I'm with it now. I've the yeah. dots have been connected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's who uh, Richard Dickbag is these days. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that's enough. That's enough. There's other actors we could get into. I mean, Aaron Paul was in uh-huh, this, as wasted uh, guy. Which um, and and the- Sophia Bush as Sally. I want to shout out to Sophia, yeah. the girl that uh, Ryan Reynolds hooks up with near the back end. That's it. Two, uh, two actors that were probably like the second and third biggest stars when this was all said and done <laughs> with very small parts. But anyway, we're moving into what's the most 2000s moment of Van Wilder. The one for me that I want to talk about is the soundtrack. Like as soon as I heard Jimmy Eat World, Bleed American album, I was like, yep, this is taking me straight back. And there was multiple tracks from that album too the the soundtrack to this movie slapped it's it's by far the best part about this movie i think like so many good songs by so many artists i think that in our era we all listened to and, and danced along to like you mentioned jimmy world sugar cult with bouncing off the walls i think that was mm-hmm. the, the the title track like they made a film clip using parts of van wilder for oh, that okay i think we got nerd on there some 41 uh, Michelle Branch and also the Aussie Legends Living End playing out near the back end with Roll On. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it, it, it You need to have that kind of thing for it to be a teen movie, I feel like, to really feel authentic to that era. And that's mm-hmm. something that, like, you know, all the American Pies were really good at doing and probably where most of the budget <laughs> went for this movie I'd, I'd guess or at least half of it because it's not cheap to get you know some 41 Jimmy at world especially 
living end. Don't know how much they'd be charging back then, but they would they were getting pretty big around that roll on album. That's that mm-hmm. was their second album. So yeah. So aside from the soundtrack <laughs> and the appearance of uh three Los Angeles clippers. Did you notice those guys? <laughs> Lamar Odom, um, Darius Miles, and I can't remember the third one. I had it written down. Uh, there was actually f- yeah four of them. So we had Quinton Richardson was there oh, too. Oh yep, and Michael Oloa Candy. I As think LeBron. he was the number one draft pick at one point. But yeah, uh, I definitely recognised them, mm-hmm. even though they were so much younger. Playing, I guess they were playing college kids, weren't they? But yeah, um, that was that was pretty two thousands y for me. But uh, the uh, only other thing, you know, like we're talking about technology, we did have like a lot of cordless phone action happening, like the monophonic ringtones for the mobile phones. But there's the scene where Taj is like on the two phones at the same time. Uh-huh. He's got the cordless phone, he's got the mobile phone, and you know it wasn't too many years after this that you would just throw away the cordless phone altogether and just have the mobile phone. So that, so that kind of reminded me of a time. That was the only sighting of a mobile phone in the whole movie. Everything else mm. was landline calls. And it, it baffled me. Like, uh, you know, we never saw like, I'm assuming that's his party phone or the Van Wilder business line or whatever. It doesn't really get addressed that mobile, but that's the only time we really saw a mobile. Everything else was calling home phones and leaving voicemails yeah. and things like that. I mean, 2002... I, I had, didn't a, mo- get I had my, a mobile phone. Yeah, I didn't get my first mobile phone till 2004. I mean, I was using like my parents' old Nokia at that point in 2002. Um, so I guess I did have a phone, but I didn't have like my own phone. With that my would own have been the um, like the 3310 stuff. era. That's when we we're all rocking the Nokia 3310s, yeah. playing Snake. Snake, of course, the Snake phone. Uh, yeah, so if you had nothing else for that one, we can move on into the most iconic scene. I'm, I'm going to let you go for this one. I don't know if like one stood out. Like I was watching it and I was sort of taking notes as it went along thinking, oh, maybe, maybe that's iconic. And like the one I, I settled on just because it was um, hilarious and I guess one of the main plots of the whole film was, you know, Taj having sex, like, obviously with his fantastic opening monologue about why he wants to be Van Wilder's assistant and, you know, all the all the ways he describes the female form and the 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 parts that he wants to explore. Brilliant. Just just check it out on YouTube. But the the sex scene really cracked me up where uh the, you know he's he's got the girl back of the place and, and and Van Wilder said, you know, you need oils, you need Barry White and I can't and and candles. And obviously combining those three together in the wrong order and, and just too much candle, too much oil. The room goes up in flames. Taj is on fire and he jumps out of the window like second story into this fountain outside. Looks like he's dead, but, you know, Van Wilder and, and his sidekick are just like, whatever, man, we better, we better check this out. And like, that was one that sort of stood out as the most, but it was more so like, there wasn't a big moment. There was just a lot of okay to good moments. It was tough. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one that I wrote down was the Colossus, the Bulldog scene oh, with no. the bones. Yeah. I just feel like that's the one that everyone remembers. And that's the one that 
soon as you get like like kind of like what you were saying before like as soon as you're reminded that the dog and his giant balls exist you're like oh no i forgot about that yeah okay that's and this it, movie it goes for a long time to that bit like when they when she brings the brings the buns in those those frat boys are going to town on them and it's just you know they, they don't shy away from showing them guzzling these buns Enjoying. down like it's and it's like and then you hear someone in the back and it's like it's so warm and then you hear one of the others guys go this tastes familiar like just some of the background like little throwaway lines just had me cracking up so maybe now that i'm talking about it out loud with you maybe that does sort of win the the iconic moment like the the taj sex scene was fantastic because it was you know you think he's finally getting there you know he's 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 becoming a man in his eyes but yeah the yeah. the bulldog bun scene oh it's it makes me a little bit queasy like, i know like you've got two dogs that don't look too dissimilar to, to that bulldog mm-hmm. so you know it, i can see how that could could um offend you almost <laughs> it's, it's just like like and we'll, we'll talk about it probably more in in some of the the next categories of the episode but like the fact that that was an idea and they they uh, willingly like jacked off his dog and like, mm. you know there was dog porn stuck up on the wall beside the beside the door to, to work the dog like it was a whole thing it was it yeah. was a good skit but yeah the the combination where they're chomping on those those cream buns is like oh it's, it's it's not a good time yeah it kind of it's elongated as well because there's the whole like scene of them acquiring said uh liquid yep <laughs> um they don't yada yada over any of it like you, you get the whole from start to finish experience yeah very unnecessary and colossus lasted far longer than old uh, richard did in in that yes. in that regard which i also <laughs> had a chuckle about so what holds up the best yeah like the soundtrack by far i wrote in my notes as far mm. as the 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 main hit point um that that cow pen sex monologue at the start had me in stitches just some of the some of the terminologies and the way he was describing uh you know encountering female organs just had me going um it was it was making me chuckle the use of sound effects at key moments in this in this movie like just little like comedic um almost like cartoony sound effects like when someone like when the big guy jumped in the pool or like um, the fart noises. There was the Odd World Abe's Odyssey fart when when Richard is just destroying the the, the trash can, stuff like that. Um, Tara Reid pre surgery. She certainly holds up great in this movie. Like I saw her, and that's why I was like, oh goodness gracious me. Um, and then just a couple little lines, like the like one of the lines um, Van Wilder says, where he's like, you know, life is all about developing relationships. I'm like, well, it's true. You know, there there is some heart and some things you could take away from this movie and go, you know yeah. what? That that's valid. That's valid, you know? Yeah, I guess there is somewhat of a message in this film. Like it that it kind of circles around without necessarily nailing. But yeah. um be be con- like be kind to people, help people out, like, you know, outside of the partying, yeah, he's raising money and supporting sort of underprivileged groups and uh, societies on, on the university campus. Like behind all the, uh, you know, giant bulldog testicles and, and buns and breasts and everything else, there is a little bit of heart sort of peeking through. 
which I like. And even with like Gwen, uh, the the Tara Reid character really pinpoints the fact that he's putting graduation off. And I always kind of looked at it as like, yeah, there's this guy that just doesn't want the party to end. But this time watching it, it's like he's actually afraid of, of what lies next. And this is familiar to him. This is what he knows. Mm. And he's, yeah, he's, a, he's afraid of, of life and responsibility. And I think that, you know, we probably have experienced people like that, that whether it's like staying at uni or like just refusing to get serious and, and you know, get a job, whatever it is, it's like there's people that avoid responsibility and they just kind of need to look in the mirror and have that moment. Yeah, we, we've all been there, like in in some regard, like we all get to that point where we're on the on the end of that diving board too scared to take that jump for whatever reason and this movie embodies that sort of next step and that life choice. But you know what? He gets his degree and gets the girl yeah. and... Gets a job. Life is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I The thing that I wrote down was just Ryan Reynolds. Like the fact that we've got this literal <clears throat> A-lister, you know... I don't think like he, he was married to Scarlett Johansson. Then he now who's he with now? Um, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Like he's definitely one of those people that um, Hollywood loves, and he's got it made in the shade between Deadpool and his is it vodka or bourbon or something. And he's got the nah, he's, he's got the gin. He's got the aviation the gin, gin. It. and it's it's yeah. really good. By the way, I'm a bit of a gin fan. That's actually a good drop. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's just done what many people probably didn't think could be done with Deadpool uh, and made a bazillion dollars out of that. And I'm sure that there's still a lot ahead of him as well. But he's one of those guys, kind of like um, kind of like Ben Affleck to a degree where he, you know, started hot and then probably made some bad choices, uh, particularly <coughs> Green Lantern. Yeah, like, you know, Green Lantern, Daredevil for Affleck. People kind of wrote them off. They did some chick flicks, whatever. And then they just kind of had like that uh, second, you know, that second comeback and proved that they could do those things that they'd set out to do. Because, you know, Ryan Reynolds, even back then, he had some really good roles. Like uh, he was in one of the Blade movies where he was really well Blade cast. Blade Trinity, yeah, he was one of the, the three leads. Ter- worst of the three movies, but still it was a... Big, big IP. Yeah. And um, he was, I thought he was pretty good in the Sandra Bullock rom-com, like The Proposal. Oh, that yeah, I didn't like, mind The Proposal, yeah. Yeah. For, for what that kind of movie is, you know. But um, yeah, he's certainly up there now. And the the kind of, the kind of, um, it's one of those people that like they come on the screen and you're already kind of like smiling because, you know, he's going to say something quirky and funny and um, just just give it a good time. He's he's just got that natural charisma and energy about him, doesn't he? Like he's just you yeah. know he's going to be what whatever he says is going to be enjoyable. Like as you said, like it could be funny, it even could be a bit somber in tone, but somehow he'll get a smile out of you by delivering it too. Like I love him and Blake's romance that plays out on social media where they're just taking the piss out of each other all the time, like posting photos yeah. of one another and, and ribbing at one another. I think it's the best. Like he's he seems like a genuine good dude. And uh yeah, as you said, it's it's cool to see someone, lovely little Canadian boy, having this big success. Yeah. Two odd decades on from when he broke in with a small TV show. Yeah, for sure. Uh what holds up the worst? There's a lot of <sighs> There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of 
distasteful jokes and butts of jokes and questionable things happening in this movie. Do you have anything you want to highlight? Yeah, like, like, take take your pick. Really, like, is in, in typical <laughs> yes. sex comedy style, they're just uh, taking shots at whatever they can. You know, whether it be pretty much outside of Gwen Tara Reed's character, every woman is just a, a sex object. Every woman is either scantily clad, not wearing clothing at all, or just uses a sex or dog based cum device with um. The, the the girl at the back end like it's yeah like like they're, they're not given much respect at all in in this movie women outside of Gwen and, and you know she's she's great and she's got ambition and and, and pushing to become a, a big writer and whatnot which is good but everyone else outside of that are just TNA for in every scene that's just either they're they're the women for the nerds to sleep with or it's it's the woman for 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 Taj to sleep with or it's the at the strip club and they're farting or now they're getting naked to to make money from uh you know the the strip club education whatever they were calling it. i can't remember yeah. what it was called yeah so so women were, were pretty rough like yeah the the showcasing of you know like yeah indian culture like just how like you already mentioned at the jump there about how cal pen felt a bit bit rough playing this role and having to do the accent and, and lean into the tropes and whatnot. So that was tough. Like the like the the deaf the deaf basketball coach, you know, he he copped a, a a brief indirect sort of splash and some disrespect there where he's trying to work out the next big play to hopefully get yeah. them back in the game and just gets left for dead. Um something as well like seeing the security guard like packing a gun the the, the little little dude squirting around on campus he's got a pistol like that's mm. that's a bit like whoa. I'm not surprised um and then yeah like the treatment of animals is a bit rough too like poor old uh, colossus getting <laughs> uh you know i don't know what you want to word getting um, massaged yeah massaged very thoroughly that was a bit tough <laughs> And and then like the other one I wanted to shout out, it's just it wasn't really what holds up the worst, but it was an observation where Van's dad was painted as like the villain because he's cutting his son off from mm. from college. And I did some quick maths. Uh, the money that his dad paid roughly per year was one hundred thirty thousand US dollars for for Van's tuition and lodgings. And over that seven year period, that's nine hundred and fifty two thousand dollars he paid. Jeez. And then because he cut him off, he's you know, his dad's suddenly this piece of crap. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, paid a million dollars for your life here to party and do whatever. And so they have a, a bit of a rekindling of the back end and he's proud of his son and loves his dad and they hug it out and have a little nod of approval and all that. But leading up until then, the dad was sort of, yeah, portrayed as just this piece of crap. And I'm like, no, he's mm. paid a million dollars of his money for his son to fluff around on a campus. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think you've done a good job summing up pretty much everything that I had there. Um, the the other one that was certainly unsavory by today's standards was the when they're doing the tryouts at the start of the movie. Oh, the the hot chick comes in, the first promising candidate of all the people applying to be Van's oh, assistant, yep. and it's this this woman that opens her mouth and, and a man's voice comes out, and they're just like kind of reeling back in in disgust and. Um, the the way that you know trans rights and representation have progressed since this was made, that certainly wouldn't make it into a mainstream comedy now. 
definitely totally agree and the other one i forgot to mention the sheer amount of knitwear that were worn by the cast through the entirety of this movie every second person's in a a knitted jumper or a knitted vest all the time i'm like yuck this is gross get it get it off the screen why (laughs) not similar at all to the to the knitwear issue that you have but um the locker room scene was probably one of the most egregious examples of just like i want to say like borderline sexual assault in some way like this dude just walks into the girl's locker room he's talking he's like just naked chicks everywhere he's just like let himself in there completely uninvited um to you know have his conversation that he can't wait to have i guess walks past a woman that he seems to recognize and says something like hey guys whilst looking at her breasts yeah and i'm like this is like I know he's meant to be like charming and everyone loves him, but that's just that's creepy. Yeah, it was like, it was days. creepy. Like like yeah, he walks into a, a lady's locker room where some of some of the women don't have tops or bottoms on and whatever else, and they're just like, oh, it's Van Wilder, everyone's favorite party liaison. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> like, if you or I walked into into that locker room, it would not play out the same. And that's not because we're not party liaisons ourselves. It's just that's reality. <laughs> you know, like yes. I don't care how cool the dude is someone walking in and invading their personal space like that is, is, is not cool. And it was, yeah, pretty poorly handled in that scene, I think. It just speaks to the fact that this was made by men and it's like a male fantasy to be like that cool guy that can just walk into a girl's locker room and no one cares because he's so popular and all the girls are just like, hey, what's going on? Like, it's just is so unrealistic and just... Yeah, it is like literally like a, a male fantasy. Yeah, out, like not in this world. It's just not a human reaction, or even just a human thing. Like that, someone would even try to do. That's it, because it's like this movie. Like it doesn't hammer you over the head with it all the time, but the opening certainly sets the table where it's like Van Wilder's the guy that every dude wants to be and every girl yeah. wants to be with. You know, with the giant cue for his assistant role and then it just sort yeah. of gets subtly thrown back at us here or there with with scenes like that throughout the rest of the the 90 minutes and even the way that he ends up with gwen which you know it it was the object of his desire for the whole movie and she was like more or less fairly strong-willed and and like i guess you could say like probably a feminist and you know very i thought like a, a really well-rounded character but then at the end of the movie she's just like yeah i'm not wearing any panties and it's like they haven't gone on a single date they haven't like proper date like they haven't established that uh they they really have i guess you could say they they've flirted a bit and that kind of thing but she's just like ready to just jump straight into bed with him as soon as she's broken up with her ex and it's like again just a just a male fantasy like if a woman had written this film it would be a completely different thing altogether they are i think they like yeah the 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 interviews for for the good of the paper like yeah Mm -hmm. van wilder was was certainly pushing for them and setting them up in date type of scenarios and he worked worked it's going to sound horrible when i say like he he worked her down over that time but then like thinking about it like this (laughs) i think this movie set over a whole semester because it couldn't have been after like two weeks because they do the the tests at the end of the semester right so i assume this is mm. when you look at it maybe three months so there's probably a bit more courtship going on 
So may maybe the charm just eventually, eventually, uh, you know, hit right for Gwen and she realized that he's far better than uh, old Richard Dickbag. Yeah, for sure. But it, like, they, it, it, it wasn't like they went from like, you know, interested in each other to like holding hands and then kissing. Maybe I'm just an old fashioned guy, but she's just like straight up like, yes, I am interested in you. And guess what? I'm not wearing any panties. To be honest, you know my I mean? friend, that's that's how a lot of the world works these days. These these dating apps I've jumped on the last the last month or so, there is some very forward people. Then they're, they're not here to muck around and take me to the ice hockey rink and and try and score on me to get a kiss. They're just like, this is what's happening, and you know it's happening for everybody out there on these apps. Like it's the world runs at a, a different timeline these days. It's it's all the old romance. It's it's not too too regular, which makes me sad because I'm like you. I like the the old fashioned courtship and romance. But anyway, uh, we we can keep it alive, Brendan. You, you can keep it alive. I'm sure. I'll try my best. Uh, <laughs> hand holding first. That's all. Just start with the hand hold. It means like a lot. The, the hand hold, like the, like, like the Beatles say. You know, I want to hold your hand. <laughs> they sort of drag the word out a little bit longer than that. They don't sort of. It's not as not as short. But uh, I love it, and yeah, sneaky handhold. It's it's great. Little 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 baby fireworks from those. It's very very intimate. Yeah. Okay. Who would be the most offended? I think we any, already any mentioned of the above. It. Yeah. Yeah, like the the sort of answers we gave for what holds up the worst, and and where some of those those groups and nationalities and and um, you know classes we mentioned. I think any of the above. Like, uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't shy away from targeting. You know, whether it be by coincidence or I guess by ignorance because a lot of movies in this era were of the same ilk where they're just like, eh, it's fine, it's just comedy, we'll say that. It's, he's an Indian, put on an accent, ha 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 ha. Like, you know, it's 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 sad that it's par for the course for, the, for that time, that day and age yeah. for, for these movies. But uh, yeah, they can certainly offend a lot of people. So, something I just want to quickly mention because we haven't brought it up at all yet is... Um... Someone who gets a lot of screen time, but basically nothing of any substance, is the character Hutch, or played by Tech Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, poor man Cisco, you could call him. He's just black dude with blonde hair, and he's just not really. He's just there. Like he's just basically. He's Van Wilder's best friend, but a, gets nothing yeah, he's outside a, he's a of that. Sound, he's a soundboard for Van Wilder to for, to have someone to talk to that's not Taj. But he's just like so nothing. Like he just tells people where Van Wilder is. He doesn't have his own like personality really or anything. Well, we know he, he likes to smoke weed and he likes to pump iron, but that, that little scene where he's doing the little bicep curls with the little dumbbells, which look like they're about a kilo each, and he's little like, <laughs> I'm not fit and I'm not a, a Greek Adonis here, so I'm, I'm, I'm living in my glass house throwing stones right now. But uh, that cracked me up because the two main bits of screen time he gets is where he, he puts his mouth around a penis pump and then the other one is like, flexing his little muscles i had a, had a bit of a giggle that that's sort of his two main star moments oh and then obviously jerking off a dog yeah yeah as you do <laughs> right up <laughs> uh okay does van wilder pass the internet relevancy test kinda no. kinda no. I mean, what are the moments from this that you would see popping what, up? one one that i see a bit 
over the years. And there's even a couple of podcasts I listen to that use the write that down audio drop okay, for one yeah. of their segments. So it's sort of getting dragged into relevancy still from from that. And then also I remember like, obviously no one I know says it anymore, but that line about the, it's not a bong, it's for my schlong. I remember like for years hearing like people saying that one uh, in, in my friend group in the you know mid 2000s but outside of that there's maybe maybe nothing else i can think of that's meme or or gif worthy can you yeah no i I just think like the the kind of the title like party liaison as i set up the top of the episode is like that those two words together i kind of have kind of lived on and like when i went to uni there was a couple guys i know or that was friends with who were older like everyone there's like 20 and you get the occasional like 22 or 23 year old um and they might have started uni later than other people or they're studying over the long course and you know you just call them van wilder or whatever for that reason so i guess like there's some relevance there for the for what the character represents but not so much stuff that happens in the movie I love that his dad's Van Wilder Senior, by the way, too. Like, you got yeah. to carry on such a prestigious name. Yeah. Vance. Uh, how would smartphones and social media change this movie? Um, Like, may- maybe Gwen would care a little less about trying to be on the front page of the college paper instead trying to maybe go viral with this. So maybe it might transition to she's got an online blog or a TikTok account where she's sharing all this Van Wilder uh, storytelling, something like that. So it'll probably be a bit more accessible. So it might blow up more and Van Wilder might become an even bigger celebrity and throw even bigger parties. But outside of that, I don't really know. Like the, the um, well, you wouldn't call it the cheating scandal, but like, you know, when, when, when Van's trying to reach Gwen, when he hears about uh, her being in air quotes engaged, and he can't get a hold of her. He could have just called her on the mobile, found out that, no, that's not the case at all. Wouldn't have ever hooked up with Sally to have that final conflict that needs to be then resolved. And it might have just been an easier exit to them finding romance and realizing she's not wearing any underpants. Yeah. I had a kind of an issue with the way she treated him in that sequence because she walked in on him with this girl and was acting like he was cheating on her when there was like no agreement between the two of them at all like she'd just come from breaking up with her boyfriend basically yeah but it's it's like to someone should it's not that the cheating i think that she would have felt like she'd been lied to because he's been courting her clearly for months or you know for this 90 minute movie and he's keen and trying to take her on a date and asking for kisses and then all of a sudden she rocks up there finally ready to maybe give him the kiss and he's got told uh sophia on, on his lap there I'd, I'd be I'd be a little I can get why she's upset sure I, I I got why she was upset but it was also like she the way that she expressed it was like how could you basically and it's like hey like you shouldn't have been with the you know that douchebag this whole time it's kind of it's kind of on you but anyway um I agree about you know the the use of um, smartphones. I think like some of the discoveries people make would probably be on social media. Like that that woman that basically comes up to her and is like, oh, by the way, I, like, I slept with your, your boyfriend. I think that conversation would have been like more 
someone like posting a photo or like a DM or something. Yeah, and even like they probably would have taken the time to film the frat boys eating those buns and then would have shared it everywhere just to embarrass yes. them even more. That would have been a nice little little wrinkle. Definitely. Um, could you make Van Wilder today? What would the 2022 version be? We were saying before about how yeah. ugh, this stuff doesn't really make it to the movies anymore. I think it would have to be a lot smarter. Like it would have to be more of like a super bad kind of thing where it's a bit more self-aware and not just going for that lowest common denominator of disgustingness. Um, yeah. Because I mean, like a movie like Superbad, which is like uh, critically loved and loved by the fans as well as the critics, that also has the gross out stuff in it, you know, uh, occasionally. But it's just done in less of a just a surface way. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit more tact to it, and. Um... Yeah, like I, I think, I think like I'm not too up to date with sex comedies these days, which is a word like which is a phrase I'm gonna use more regularly for for, for sure. But uh, <laughs> I'd say if we were to jump through and scroll Netflix, Prime, Stan, Streamer X Y, we'd find some movies that would fit this this sort of job description for sure. Whether it be mm-hmm. not specifically college, but anything with this type of lowbrow sexual oomph with some controversy with some weird fluids of some kind of form coming from somewhere i think there'd be certainly these movies still getting churned because yeah there's always going to be always going to be horny youths that are that are dumb and, and like to laugh at stupid things sure sure um okay it's time for the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug this this is tough this is tough like like Aaron Paul maybe is is the drunk guy because he gets like the at first when he like when he had the scene at the start of the film, I thought oh is that enough is that spark plug enough but then he gets another crack at it at the back end does, yeah uh, we also got old uh, Howard Wolowitz from Big Bang in there as one of the the super nerds True. he was another but the Shermanator um, was a, the up Shermanator there the tried to commit suicide and yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, like. The, the sick boy, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but you know, the, yeah. the sick kid who had every ailment under the sun in every new scene. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna toss it to, to Aaron Paul, maybe, but I don't know, man. Like, what do you got? Eric Estrada also showed up for a weird cameo. Um, known from, uh, from Chips, the series Chips. Yeah, did he played you, himself, did, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I think it was intentionally weird, but um, I don't know. Does does Cal Penn have too much to do in this movie? Probably. Yeah, like Probably. He, he's one that you think could could take take it and run with it. But yeah, I think because he is probably the, the, yeah, as you said, like the third or fourth hmm. main character in this movie. Um, yeah, maybe that's that's like a box of spark plugs. I don't know. Yeah, you've got Curtis Armstrong as the campus cop. Um, I think Chris Owens, his name, is the suicidal freshman. Weird weird way to start a movie with a joke about suicide, but um, 
Yeah, and and then Van Wilder getting applauded for it. Like for they thought they saved his life, but he jumped because he didn't want to be anywhere near Van Wilder and his penis. Like (laughs) he, I don't think he jumped looking for the the mount like the bounce mount. I think he jumped to die. Right? Yeah, it was weird. It was a dark kind of a dark way to start the movie after the um the gag with the the Chinese tailor. Um, yeah oh yeah giving yeah <laughs> implying that there's some fellatio going on there yes 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 so oh, maybe, yeah maybe i mean the spark plugs the old old diddy the teacher that he sleeps with she gets she gets a bit of burn uh, on screen yeah. i was i was kind of grossed out every time i looked at her to be honest so i don't know if that's spark plug worthy <laughs> it's like a a faulty spark plug maybe i don't know mm, she stole mm. the scene that's for sure that's true but um, yeah, I think Aaron Paul, like it helps a bit knowing that it's Aaron Paul, kind of makes you perk up a little bit extra. But um, I'm happy to give it to him. It's I'm either that or you give it to, it to the dog, because he was great. Colossus. I love Colossus, yeah. like just a big dog, and then he's hanging out in the in a hot tub, and his big balls pop up, and he's just a big, beautiful, chunky boy. Poor dog. If um, if that's not an ad- ad- advertisement for getting your dogs sexed and neutered and all of that stuff then i don't know what is very true very so i, I might i might recast <laughs> my vote i'm gonna throw it to the dog because all he right. was great on screen i just love dogs and uh he had some good moments that that one's for you colossus it's been it's been 20 years so the dog's probably not with us anymore oh. unfortunately but um, i'm sure he's with those big balls he's probably had some children to, Ballet, to carry colossus. on the legacy Ballet. yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, the last question before we wrap things up. Is this still a good movie, Brendan? Like, I'm, I'm going to start off with the negative and say, was it ever a good movie technically, Jono? Probably not. Mm. Is it enjoyable? Some parts, yeah. Uh, Did I regret mm. the 90 minutes? No. Like, you know, we, we've had a couple of, couple of tough watches uh, recently with, with Super Troopers, which I'm going to pound on again. And then also, uh, you know, Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. I would take this over both of those movies. Wow. Seven I days of the t- week. Don't let Maddie hear you say that. I think Tenacious D had more going for it, to be honest. It had more. No way. <laughs> yeah. I had I had more like moments like like the Ben Stiller scene and the Sasquatch, like that, those in itself and some of the songs made that better than but this. But the soundtrack's better in this. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, that's an argument for another day. Um. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's good. It's it's a fine movie. It's passable. Like like I if I was I, stuck yeah. and someone said you can either not watch anything or watch this movie, I'd I'd watch the like that's a horrible actually choice to have. But yeah, <laughs> I I I I'm coming into this. I'm happy. Like I'm not down after watching this only a couple of hours ago. Mm. Had a chuckle. Good, okay. good cast, some crazy rather, moments, bit of heart. I think I'd, I'd rather listen to the soundtrack than watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so would I, but yeah. we don't have that choice. Yeah, true. If, if you're a big Ryan Reynolds fan, this is how I'm going to sum it up. If you're a big Ryan Reynolds fan, it's probably worth to, a, you know a look back and seeing where he, he came from. Um, if you're a Tara Reid fan... She's here in her heyday, probably, I don't know, it's probably one of her biggest roles, to be honest. She has a lot more in this than she does in American Pie, just because she's mm-hmm. like the one uh, female lead, aside from like one of multiple 
in the American Pie movies. But um, yeah, other than that, unless you also just have an interest in college life of the early 2000s, maybe you're nostalgic for that era. If that's not you, I would steer clear of when Van Wilder and say that it probably doesn't hold up. Yeah, that's me. if you want to watch some some gross stuff with animal bodily fluids, like this is the one for you, that's for sure. Mm. That scene is, uh, it's very, very memorable for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, if all, all the things that I just said, I would probably just say go and watch American Pie, to be honest, apart from the Ryan Reynolds thing, but or American Pie 2. But anyway, um, that is the discussion for Van Wilder we thank you for listening we'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already share it with your friends uh, you can leave a very kind five star rating in Podchaser in Spotify in Apple Podcasts that helps people discover the show and if you're, if you're doing that in Apple you can also just leave a nice little review to go along with the five stars I think Podchaser takes those reviews as well uh, of course, you can grab your 8-bit merch at shop8bit.net and you can support 8-bit financially. Keep these emotional lights on over at Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash weare8bit. We've got uh, the Bytecast coming out recently. That's pretty much consistently pumping out with uh, little tasty bits and pieces here, isn't it, Brendan? That's very true. I think we've got, uh, at time of this recording, 16 episodes out in the wild right now and another another couple that'll be, be dropping out just mm. after the uh, this episode hitting the airwaves. So, uh, yeah, every, every couple of weeks there'll be a, a handful of episodes, whether it be one-on-ones or random food challenges or, or rapid taste tests on new products. Just uh, it's a good bit of fun. It's good, uh, good yeah. tasty content. Absolutely. And we've got episode 275 of The Hungry Gamers coming up. So that's a nice little milestone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask what's happening with The uh, Hungry Game Show, Brendan, because I think <laughs> I think we uh, want to see it come back. <laughs> it's it's It'll come back eventually. Yeah. That date, I, I'm done committing to it'll be out before Christmas, like yeah. I said last year on <laughs> The Hungry Gamers. So um, yeah, I've, I've got some right. episodes half prepared, but... A few of the few of the episodes I've written for particular guests, just scheduling has been an absolute nightmare. And sometimes it's like when when you can't line that up, and then hence the shift to just getting so many bitecast episodes pre-recorded. Mm. Also, what you sort of mentioned at the jump, we've got some other new content that we've just recorded, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, you just got to take that path of least resistance, I think. And at the moment, the uh, the path to the Hungry Game Show is Elden Ring-esque at the moment. So uh, <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's coming. It's coming. That's good. I hear you. Uh, I feel like the same way about putting in work. It's just, you know, it's it's when inspiration strikes, when the stars align. You can't force these things at this point. We're all very busy gentlemen making content and amongst the spoiler casts and everything you know we'll have a horizon spoiler cast coming out fairly soon i just have to clean things up a bit and finish the the main main quest line but there are plenty of plenty of good stuff coming out eight bit eight bit so um look forward to all of that but for now you can catch me on the socials at Jono himself you can catch brendan at brendan eight bit and dear listeners we'd like to thank you again for joining us on comedy rewind be kind don't be a fool and wrap your tool